This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3 FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with Meredith Penman and James Evans, actors in Belle Shakespeare's latest production of Richard III. Meredith and James delved deeply into the complexities of Richard III, the political machinations in the plot, as well as the emotional turmoil and the ideas that drive this play. In particular, Kate Mulvaney, who plays Richard III, is an absolute revelation and certainly contributes a great deal to this production alongside a fantastic ensemble cast. And uh, as promised, I have with me in the studio... Meredith Penman and James Evans. Uh, They're from Bell Shakespeare and they're currently in the production Richard III, though I must also mention that James is not just an actor, he's also associate director of the company. So um, both people here are multi-talented and uh, really it's just wonderful to have you here. So thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us, Amy. No, it's my pleasure to have um, you on, on Anzac Day, in the studio, because um, this play I got to see on opening night, Mm. and uh, at the end, as you would know, um, there was a... in immediate unison um, standing ovation. Yeah. It was quite phenomenal to be part of, let alone witness, and mm-hmm. I'm sure for you guys it must be pretty rewarding to see that people really dig the show, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 that's right, and we never take that for granted because it is so rare, especially in Australian theatre, I think, um, to, to have that response. But... It's a different quality. This show kind of does something different to an audience, I feel, with Kate's performance. She she takes us through so many sequences and I think the audience becomes disarmed through the process of the show because we go through intense satire and comedy and tragedy, deep tragedy, and all, all along the way we're with Richard and she brings us to this really sort of... She sort of lands on the, on the shore at the end of it in a very vulnerable position. And I feel like the, the audience is in that position as well. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it because I agree. It's surprising um, with a history play, you think of them as fairly dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the reputation. Yeah. So I, my expectation was perhaps it might be very content-heavy in the political machinations, mm. but less about a human story. But the... I guess the humour that you're mentioning there is just so well played by all of the cast. Um, you're constantly engaged and, I mean, it's it's very rare in a, a Shakespeare play to just get what they're saying immediately. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like you are speaking actual regular 21st century English. Oh, great. That's, that's good. That's, that's the best that's compliment what we're we can get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's true. And that's why I was gobsmacked, I guess, for the mm. whole time where I was like, wow, I, I just get all of this. And then when reading back the script, mm. you then think, my God, um, how would I possibly just read this out and make it sound as you make it sound? It's just a, an absolute skill. So congratulations. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. No worries. So I <laughs> want to talk about Kate, first of all, because mm-hmm. she is Richard. Yep. And um, I had a, a chance to chat with Kate at the end of the show and mm. she was saying, um, well, there are many interesting aspects to her performance of Richard. Number one, the obvious one, she's a woman. Um, but also that she... Um, has a well, she found out by DNA that she's actually related to Richard yes, the Third. That's right. Yeah, yeah. her mum, her mum called her up one day apparently and said, uh, "Oh, look, you know, the, the, these uh, we've found out through DNA testing and through various things that you know we're directly." 
related to Richard back through the generations. So, um, and and Kate also will say that she feels a connection with the character due to the, the scoliosis that they both share. Um, Which is almost identical in yes, formation. That's yeah, right. When they, when they uncover the bones in that car park, mm. she cried apparently because she recognised the spine as her own spine and she understood the pain that he was in. Yeah, mm. yeah that's right. It's an amazing ability to be able to empathise. Yeah, and that empathy comes through obviously in the performance and, uh, you know, we've all seen multiple Richard III's. I've seen Richard III played as a really violent, bullying psychopath, like angry the whole time. Mm. I've seen him played as a just a goofball um, comedian clown. Uh, I think what Kate brings to it is just such a well-rounded version of all of those plus the empathy mm. and you really see why Richard is the way he is through her performance. Yeah, absolutely. It brings out the complexity of humanity that mm. is within Richard. Yeah. I mean, I constantly was... Um, questioning my empathy towards Richard. Sure, yeah. Good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're constantly brought up with his um, his dismissing of women as just kind of either his chess pieces to move around on a board yep. for his own end okay. or completely an irritant, just mm. something that's annoying and yep. disturbing. Um, mm. Or, you know, he also his, I guess, political, his very cold political manoeuvrings of, mm. well, I should be king. How am I going to get there? Yeah. And um, and there's one great, well, there's many great scenes, but let's just look at one, um, which is towards the beginning. We see Lady Anne mm. and Richard, mm. and uh, the the body, which is covered in this huge blanket of blood and everything. And it, was it Edward's body? Henry, the Henry, king. Henry, yeah, that's yeah. right. Her husband body. was the. It was Edward who. Yeah. Yeah. So Henry's body. You covered, and obviously Richard is the one who is um, behind this, yep. and he's caused the downfall of her husband, who mm. she actually liked because she thought he was virtuous. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably rare back then to have a you know a husband that you, you actually like. No, I think I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean he's then suggesting, oh, actually I love you, you know, and you mm. are the one for me, and uh, you know I may be completely evil, but with you, you you is what makes me. Good. Yeah, it's a problematic scene. I mean, Gosh. the good thing is that Meredith has played that role as well in a previous production. So yeah. maybe you can talk about that. Yeah. How, how do you how do you even how do you even how do you achieve that scene? I mean, oh. it seems almost impossible. Yeah, it's quite obscene, really. You see it on paper, and it doesn't make sense. The mathematics are just horrendous. Mm. But um, as an actor, you sort of have to cast that aside and be on the floor and in the moment and. Luckily, Richard is always cast as one, one, you know an extraordinarily charming person. Yeah. Kate mm. is, she's very charming, but also yes. deeply good. So you sort of go with her, um, and she worked. They worked very hard on this particular scene because they knew it was the hinge on which this hot, this production would rest, because it's the production sort of pushes up the, the, the role of the women so so greatly that mm. we don't want to undercut what Lady Anne's motivations are. Mm. But what Rose Riley brings to the role is this uh, extraordinary psychology of the spectrum of grief and love, yeah. um, which she brought very early into mm. the production. Um, and luckily Kate has had this experience where she worked in a... Um, in a, in a funeral, funeral home. home. Yeah. Oh, wow. And she said 
in her time there, she she'd seen more sex happen in that place than ever <laughs> anywhere else. Really? Yeah, and that's the thing that oh death gosh. brings to you this sort of intense vibrancy, um, and that's the, the position that Rose puts herself in, where she's in such a huge uh, rage with this character mm. that it. it tips over onto the other end of the spectrum which I don't think we can understand but you, if you put yourself in that place then maybe that can happen mm. but also Richard does that too everything that he says to her is reduced to intense black or intense white there's no grey area for Richard mm. so if you enter into his worldview, you're in a very dangerous position. Yeah, and I mean, what he's saying was very compelling. You found yourself almost believing yeah, that right. maybe he really does care for her. Yeah, yeah and right. maybe she could be the only person who could redeem him, yeah. which is, I mean, that, that works on so many people. It does. But then he turns to the audience almost and just switches like oh, yep. immediately and it's just so amazing, like yeah. the pathology behind it. yeah. Yeah, so so and Shakespeare's written an extraordinarily charming character, and really, um, I think it's Shakespeare's kind of first big hit play. It's it was really popular during Shakespeare's time, and we know that because it was published five or six times during even during Shakespeare's own lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what he's brought is is a character that makes you, the audience, complicit in in the journey, and so you know exactly what he's up to, and he doesn't try and pretend with you, the audience. He says, "You see what I did," and now I'm going to do something else as well come along with me mm. so that empathy is built in from the beginning but also complicity in uh, you know the audience feels like well yeah i'm i'm part of this story i'm part of this journey i let this happen mm. <laughs> in a way mm. absolutely well you're kind of just egging him on wanting yes. to see what happens because yep, there's right. this twisted interest will he get there and what yep. will he be like and will what's his downfall mm. what's his weakness what is his weakness? What is Richard's weakness? Uh, I think there are there are many. I think Richard's, <laughs> um, uh, but but I think th- the main thing that this production brings out in Richard is that he has a vulnerability. He can't trust anyone. He he, as a child, was in Kate's words, deliberately unloved. Mm. His mother makes very clear that she hates him and that he's you know you made the earth my hell and you know all, I rue the hour that ever thou wast born mm. um, so I think what that means is that Richard can never actually really open up and be vulnerable and and allow people in to his life and therefore he's alone and that's what he meditates on at the end of the play and in our production I am myself alone is is a line from um uh, a, a, an earlier play, King Henry VI, Part Three, but it really encapsulates what Richard feels about himself and why ultimately he will be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. The the, the notion that his tragic weakness, you know, is that he he has not experienced love. He's never been given that in his lifetime. So therefore, any action that he takes in the world is strangely just a. It's, it's geometry. Mm. This, this, the heights he has to scale to get he, where he wants to go doesn't actually in his brain have a, a human impact. Mm. They're just impediments that are like stones yeah, as opposed to like humans. real human beings, yeah. 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 yeah, it's all a game of strategy. Mm. Yes, that's right, mm. yeah. Which and, uh, which and then with all of Shakespeare's great leaders, at the end they always reflect on, oh, what, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I did all of that. I killed all those people. It happens in the Scottish play. It happens in the Henry's. And then, and now, what have I got? I've got nothing. I've got no friends. I've got no no one who loves me. Mm. And 
and I'm going to die. The emptiness so of power. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the emptiness of power. Shakespeare meditates on it again and again and again. Yeah. And, I mean, let's look at some of the loss that's experienced because um, Meredith, you play Queen Elizabeth, mm. and it's quite um, astounding to comprehend what your character must be going through, mm-hmm. particularly um, towards the end where there's a scene with Richard yourself and um, the Queen Mother, who's like the, I guess, matriarch, mm. who's Richard's mother. I mean, that's a very intense scene because you, you get to a point um, near one of the armchairs where you're both head to head having this really close, intense argument or um, I guess you're really just taking him down. I mean, what was it like to play that scene and what is your character really going through? Yeah, good question. Um it's an interesting proposition because I feel like um, Shakespeare condenses time so extraordinarily yeah. and as an actor you feel, how can I possibly go through all of these emotions and intense, just the, the ideas that are contained in a 10-minute scene. But you you have to allow yourself to do that, I think. Um, so, yeah, I lose my child who Richard has killed. Then I get um, sort of put in my place by Queen Margaret. Uh, and then I witness this extraordinary curse from Richard's, Richard's mother to him. And I'm, I'm all for that. But there's something that I think, for my interpretation, that sort of clangs in my brain because she... Her oath to herself is as a mother. Uh, I think she 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 really believes in that, mm. um, and she sees this woman transgress the bounds of motherhood mm. and outcasts her own flesh and blood. And I think something in that, uh, it, you know, that scene can be played as an out and out, you know, sort of. Um, obscenity, disgust, but I want to retain the power of argument and to try mm. to actually penetrate Richard's strange mind because you're what I feel like I'm actually witnessing a madman or a, 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 he's lost. He's lost to humanity. So I'm trying to actually hook him back in, mm. even through all the rage and, and anger. But um, so when I realise that he has no oath that he lives by, it's it's triumphant, but it's also hollow because I want to I want to touch him as a human. And so I have this moment where I actually give him uh, an embrace. It's an extraordinary moment. I've never seen that scene done like that before. It's extraordinary. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a strange. It's, it's kind of like when Rose has the kiss with Richard. Yeah. Oh, many spoilers here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, where you kind of go, how is that possible? But... But it's a human-to-human moment as opposed to an idea-to-an-idea. So, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I've forgotten what the question is, but it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a strange journey to go through. And then I, I think she just she loses herself. Mm. She just goes, She yeah, she's oblivious. I think you've really articulated exactly what was happening there because, I mean, he Richard is asking for something that is quite absurd. You're asking, you know, to convince this woman that, you know, she needs to band with him mm. to for the good, um, you know, goodness of the realm, for um, strength in unity. It yeah. has a lot of contemporary echoes. Mm. And uh, and you're trying to get through to him that this is just insanity, mm. you know. And I really, I think that argumentative um, piece that you've got there, it's not just rage and anger. There are so many other dimensions to that scene that is, it could easily be a very one-dimensional scene mm. and a very, you know, just one-sided affair but you know you're almost looking at Richard wanting to see if anything's quite 
you know, tinkering in his brain or mm. his eyes might move or change and think, oh, actually, maybe, you know, she has a point. But yeah, and it's weird that the night you saw it, opening night was so warm to Richard. Like, the, the laughter was so intense. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you as a character, whether you be a Lady Anne or a Queen Mother or a, or a Queen Elizabeth, uh, I are going through these intense emotions, but the audience is just so on side with Richard. Hugely. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really tricky. And I had a moment where I actually looked at the audience and, and Kate is all for this. I said, oh, is that okay? And she said, yeah, you have to shame yes. them. You have to shame the audience because yeah. that's that's the task of, of the production. Mm. We're not interested in having a Richard that we love all the way through. We're interested in the discordance that we feel along the way. Yeah, and the, the questioning, should we be? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I actually liked it when the actors looked out out into yeah. the especially when Kate did because we were all like big fans of Richard and we were like yeah <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah but it is I mean I came out I think it was right at the end but also at interval and thought god why do I love this character so much yeah. I mean a huge part of it is Kate's portrayal and yeah. the, that way that she does it but I also feel that is it going to be really difficult to watch a man play Richard because I feel that the way that Kate plays him creates an otherness that oh. only a woman could yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And she's the underdog yes. as well. I mean, whether you see her as a woman playing a man or a man or a transgender person on stage, she's the underdog. Whether she's a man who's a smaller version of her brothers who has, you know, got a disability... There's so many, and we as Australians love that, you know. Yes, the underdog, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The underdog, yeah. yeah. And also, I think, sorry, James, I'm no, kind right. of hogging the airspace here. No, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Shakespeare writes uh, Richard as being the most natural character in the play. He speaks to us, and that, as a as a mm. um, piece of dramaturgy, was the original naturalism. I feel, and the rest of the characters are sort of ideas, and yeah. we don't have that same relationship with you. So, of course, of course, it's an epic act of manipulation from Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> well, they are the they're the plot, and they move things along. And yeah. Richard's there, but they are the ones pushing it along. And mm. you see a lot of the male actors um, die as one of their characters, and then come back exactly, yeah. and. <laughs> And I loved the activation, I guess, of the people who, the actors who are still on stage and very present mm. while they're on stage, but then immediately activated in such a natural way back into the scene when yeah. it's their time to mm. come on. I guess it removes that clunkiness that can happen. With entrances and exits. Yeah. yeah that's right. And our director, Peter Evans, his idea was that it's like a, a, a party, a terrifying party that you can't leave. <laughs> and you, you just, you, you are condemned to live and relive it in these cycles of violence that continue on. So uh, I feel like it has a really claustrophobic effect and especially mm. here in Melbourne at the Fairfax Studio, we've found the audience is just upon us and we really feel like we're all in the same room together and it's, it's really tight, yeah. um, which I think adds to the pressure of the play. It does. And also, I mean, James, your character Buckingham is um, a really interesting one. And without me trying to simplify it, could you share with us where Buckingham gets to towards the end of the play as a character and his role with Richard? Yeah, so Buckingham at the beginning of the play doesn't say much. He's kind of is an observer and and watches these family dynamics going on. He's allied to um, Queen Elizabeth, to Mem's character. 
<coughs> Sorry. No worries. Um, he's allied to Mem's character and and to uh, their family, but very quickly gets manipulated by Richard into believing that Queen Elizabeth and her brother Rivers are responsible for stirring up strife in the kingdom. And, um, and Richard calls him a simple gull at one point, which I think is an important part of his character. He, he really is taken in by people's manipulation quite easily. Uh, but then once he realises, you know, which side he needs to be on, he, he's he's almost like the operations man. So he he basically runs the the PR campaign for for Richard to become king. He um, in in turn manipulates the people um, and uh, arranges various murders. But ultimately. Um, he is struck down by hubris himself. He thinks that he'll be safe. And all the men in this play think that, oh, I'm the one, I'm mm. smarter than everyone else, I'll be safe. But ultimately, um, that's his own undoing as well. And and Richard, when he has no more use for you, um, gets rid of you very, very quickly. And Buckingham finds that as well, even though he was the right-hand man all the way through. Yeah, it is really interesting to see. I mean, especially particularly at the end when your character becomes so central to the the final yeah. I guess ev- evolution of Richard mm-hmm. and his taking the crown. Yeah. Um. I mean, in terms of how you approach the script and the language, because mm. I think we can often almost forget that that's a critical part of it. I know it's it's usually it's very visible, but then as actors behind the scenes, when you're getting your script and looking mm. through it, and also the rich language that Shakespeare is using and yeah. the, those dynamics you're saying about all the different emotions and ideas and movements of characters. How do you approach a script like that? And I know that both of you come from an acting school, one from VCA, one from NIDA, yep, yep. and they have different approaches, but how do you currently approach Shakespearean texts given that they're, you know, a lot of the ones that you've been doing recently? Yeah, good mm. question. How do we approach Shakespearean texts, Mem? Mm. <laughs> I, I, I struggle. Like, I think it's tricky in Australia. We're post-colonial. We don't really have a relationship to the crown and um yeah so i i feel i I mean it always starts from the language i try to um get that in and sometimes it takes a really long time Mm. with some of the bigger concepts you know there's this particular passage that i'm still kind of working in and trying to uh, open up and make sound natural and uh, coming from my core rather than from my head, you know. Yeah. But uh, we were very lucky in this production because Pete uh, Pete Evans, the director, has a methodology where he brings in Meyerhold, which is a turn-of-the-century Russian physical training. Um, and so all of that happens first thing in the morning and then you enter the floor on the rehearsal with like blood in your veins and so you're in your body not necessarily you're 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 disarmed Mm. um so yeah i I think (laughs) that really helped me personally because it can i don't want shakespeare to be academic yeah no and that and that's and it dies immediately when when it is academic i think um on stage i mean uh and so you're having that physical approach really helped us um also us acknowledging that this is poetry it's heightened language we're not speaking um uh, you know it's it's not a naturalistic play in that sense and so so we try and um, uh, grow 
our performance to fill these huge ideas and big images rather than trying to domesticate the language and bring it down to ourselves. So that that's that's about um, you know honouring the the structure of the verse, and that takes practice and sometimes takes many many years of us you know doing plays and and you know sometimes you've you've done a show seventy times and then it's closing night and you go oh, oh <laughs> that's the that's, way it that's should have been I, done. <laughs> that's what I should have said. Uh, and so it's a lifelong process. And even John yeah. Bell himself, who's now seventy five years old, will say that he approaches a Shakespeare play even now and finds new things in it every time. So yeah, it's a lifelong process. Absolutely. And the fact that there is a two volume Shakespeare lexicon and quotation dictionary yes. just goes to show yep. that there's so many meanings in mm. the words of Shakespeare and they often even differ in yeah. the p- different plays. That's right. But then uh, then we say to audiences, um, we have these Q&As and we tell them, don't stress about understanding every single word, you know, just allow the, the sense of the scene and the relationships um, to you know, to, to hit you and just breathe and take it in mm. rather than worrying about understanding every single word. My, that, my mother, who's sitting next door to, uh, to us in, with my child, has described it just, it's just like a river. Yeah. It's just a river yeah. that you get, you, you dip your toe in and then you get taken off. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the show is. I mean, I you're not thinking about the language and going, oh, what was that word? You're going, mm. oh, I got that whole meaning. Yes. And wow, that's some beautiful language. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You just kind of revel in the That's the beauty thing. Of I it. mean, mm. if only we could all have that power of rhetoric and argument yeah. and precision with language. And that's the thing when you're preparing as an actor, half of it is actually just giving, you, giving yourself permission to go there, yes. <laughs> to yeah. be that large and extraordinary. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> with your thoughts. Mm. <laughs> if only we could. If only. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> I'm all for that. And I know that um, Kate, who plays Richard, has did the dramaturgy as well. Yes. I mean, um, little side note, I wanted to be a dramaturge when I grew up. That oh, yeah. was my aspiration. Uh, but I was told at University Open Day there were only two paid dramaturges at the time. Wow. Um, and so good luck with that, Amy. <laughs> so I thought, oh, okay, fine. Mm. Maybe it's not my future. Um, but that is a critical role. And the fact that Kate, who plays Richard, is also doing the dramaturgy, yeah. what level of, I guess, contributional value does that give to the play? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and it's very important, and especially because she was very interested in the stories of the women. Now, very often the women are cut heavily in this play. Queen mm. Margaret's often cut entirely. Queen Elizabeth is um, chopped down very um, heavily. So, so in fact, what Kate brought first and foremost was a woman's voice to to Richard III, which is absolutely crucial. And then what she does is to bring these 53 speaking parts down into sort of um, 15 parts played by 10 actors. Um, The dramaturg has to decide which story of Richard III she wants to tell. And even in Shakespeare's time, you've got to remember, they never did the full thing. Richard III will run almost four hours if you do the whole Mm, um, first folio text or first quarto text. But um, uh, even in Shakespeare's time, no play would have been more than two, two and a half hours long. So even they decided which were the performance versions and where the cuts were. So so we we have no problem with that, um, with editing and, and, uh, you know, there are many Richard III 
thirds. You can see in a lifetime many different versions of Shakespeare plays and uh, you're not damaging or harming Shakespeare by cutting, I think. Mm. (laughs) No, I mean, it's... You can't tell, put it that way, yeah. that that there's anything that's really essential cut out. It really feels very tight. Mm-hmm. And um, and it goes for two hours and 45 minutes, which includes the interval. Yeah. So um, there's a 20-minute interval. But you just, it, time flies and mm. don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess just finally, um, in terms of your experience in this production and um, what it means to you, what, you know, are you going to take away from this? Is this your, I think it's your last um, performance in terms of the city that you're in, isn't yep. it? Yep. So, so what, I guess, have you taken away and from your ensemble, what have you learned from each other or what, what do you think you'll take away from this? Gosh, uh, um, intense pride. To be honest, mm. I know that sounds mm. smug, but no. this mm-hmm. is a dream come true Absolutely. and it's been doing so well and working with Kate has been extraordinary, mm. learning from all, you know, all range of actors, um, getting to sit in a dressing room with Sandy Gore <laughs> 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 um, and also touring the country, going to three different venues, three very different cities and seeing it have such a visceral response from an audience, that's that's something to to put in my hip pocket and carry around yeah. with me. Yeah. yeah, it's been such an exciting ride and you know, actors love it when they're in, in a show that's really well received as well and we just feel we bounce into work um, every evening so joyful and happy to um, to have another crack at telling this story. And, um, you know, and I mean, one of the main things that I'm going to take away from this and what I've learnt is this kind of physical approach to Shakespeare, mm. which was a little bit outside my experience, to be honest. And I found that this is absolutely essential. The accuracy with which this this play has been directed and uh, and also movement directed by Nigel Poulton, our movement director, um, it just, I think, took us to a new level of rigour, which I think is uh, where we can all work from now on. Yeah, absolutely. They're wonderful stories and learnings to take away. Mm. Um, Thank you for joining us. I'm going to let everyone know that the uh, Richard III by Bell Shakespeare, directed by Peter Evans, and uh, the the headline character Richard III, played by Kate Mulvaney, Mm. uh, is running until the 7th of May. So you have time to see it. It's at the Art Centre in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. It's along St Kilda Road. And I have to tell everyone to get in quick because I checked and the tickets are selling very fast. they are. Yeah, that's right. The show's got a lot of attention. We have lovely audiences here in Melbourne already. So, Yeah. yeah, we're hoping to sell out soon. Yes, and they will, I'm sure. So, yeah, just don't buy the tickets I want. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I will be back and see it again because I want to savour the moment of just how amazing it is to see Shakespeare and I'm sure that if Shakespeare was here, he would be very proud. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah, one of the greats, um, seriously, to see this this play. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Um, So that's Meredith Penman, who plays Queen Elizabeth, and James Evan, who plays Buckingham, who's also the Associate Director at Bell Shakespeare. Thank you for joining us and have a lovely day. Thank you so much.